The Bite Goes On is up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. A French tort, African rice, and pastel colored homes. This week, we're in Charleston, South Carolina for the best of low country cuisine. Download the podcast today at the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with my friend Sandra Bernstein. We talk about all things food. And today, hi, Brian. Today, we have a special guest on, um, Hillary, who I met a couple, might be two years ago now. And her tag is at Backyard Terroir. Uh, on Instagram, which I think is the best place to follow you right now as you're going into your amazing new chapter, which we're going to talk all about. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, I, everything is very like in a circle because we met because my foundation advisor invited me to a farm tour with the farmers beat generation with kitchen table advisors right. who we've had on the show. And so went out and Hillary actually owns the land with her husband that they farm on beat generation. And it is where we had an incredible farm tour. Um, and then we came up to the house and I was fed the most delicious cheese. I think Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because I can't have it. <laughs> it's like the best cheese I've ever it's had. Forbidden, yeah. It's Illegal forbidden. Cheese. Yeah. So um, you've Wait, got... Wait, why, why can't you have the cheese? Well, it's not commercially available yet. So. Right. Yeah. Oh. It's backyard cheese. It was like a, yeah, backyard cheese. You're allowed to eat people's cheese that they make at home, aren't you? <laughs> what am I Just missing? barely. Yeah. Just barely. Yeah, we're learning a lot about what's happening in the county. I mean, they sell they sell kits. Have you ever been to the beverage store in Santa Rosa? Yes. Okay, so yeah, they sell kits for making beer and wine and cheese. Yeah, but you're yeah. allowed to have it, but you can't... You can't let your friends eat it? Well, we can talk about that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So from that, I mean, I ended up getting a little bit more involved with um, the kitchen table advisors and did a grant with them and really helped them do some fundraising, which was really fun. And since ran into a friend's son who farms a land that kitchen table advisors is also affiliated with. So that was crazy. And, um, but it's really exciting. And I think most people that we've had on the bike goes on have been already, dialed in or zoned in or they're in their profession or they're in their business or they're doing it and I love that I'm going to call you a regular person because <laughs> everybody else but I love the fact that you're starting something new so I mean let's start go back a little bit like where your passion with food how you ended yeah. up with farmland sure. and blah, blah, blah. Sure. My husband and I both had careers for, you know, 35 years, although I don't want to count. But we uh, ended up moving to Sonoma County, to Sebastopol, about 18 years ago. And where in Sebastopol are you? We live on the south end, um, 
where the Buddhist temple is. Okay. Yeah, and it's uh, 27 acres, I think. And uh, I'd always wanted to make cheese. I tried um, several times before I knew how hard it was <laughs> to try. And specifically, <laughs> did you have in mind cow, goat, sheep, one of the... Um, I'm a small person, so I'd always imagine small animals. And goats? Yeah, sheep <laughs> yeah. require too many. Yeah. Goats, you don't need quite so many, and they're a little easier to raise. And then I, we have ended up with some Jersey cows, so we'll, oh, we'll talk nice. about that. But I tried several times to make cheese, and it's a hard thing to do. I was first interested before anybody knew how to do it. You know, it was when Laura Chanel was starting. It was a long time ago. Well, gray hair involved. So that didn't work. But we finally ended up with property and some retirement time. And uh, I've been to... Uh, cooking school at Tante Marie many years ago when it was mm-hmm. still around. And then I went back to the San Francisco cooking school. So I've always loved to cook. Mm-hmm. But making cheese, you think, oh, let's make some cheese, right? And then you find out it needs animals and it needs land and you're going to be dealing with pasture, you know, pa- parasites and kidding. And it <laughs> becomes a gigantic effort. And, and you find out very quickly if you're interested in cheese making that there's really no reason to do it if you don't have your own milk. There's not a milk product you can oh, buy interesting. that will make um, cheese worth eating. Hmm. So that, that was the first thing that we, we learned. And so then we got the goats, and then you have to... That, that launches a whole experience that one never intended, <laughs> but has been fantastic. <laughs> well, did you have... Um, I mean, you, did you grow up on a farm, or did you have... I had animals as a teenager. You know, I, had, I had the obligatory horse and dogs and stuff, but I've just always wanted to do it. And so we did it. And um, I also found very quickly after I know about the packets and you can buy cheese making kits, but also an artist. And when you learn to draw or paint, you do spend a little bit of time taking, you know, copying masters paintings. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's not an uh, that does not an artist make. Right. So there is nothing exciting after you learn to make cheese in terms of, oh, you cut the curds and you drain. Once you learn the mechanics of cheese. It's not very interesting to copy someone else's cheese. And the only thing you can make if you stay in the industry is someone else's cheese. Mm-hmm. You buy a packet that says, you know, LB340, that's a, a culture that's been made in a lab that you use. It's freeze-dried, you stir it in your milk, you cut your curds, and you make somebody else's cheese. We're actually using... Um, cultures that I've cultured from my own animals in my own backyard. And wait have, a minute. Wait a minute. How do, <laughs> <laughs> okay, because uh, the only thing I can think of is like winemaking. Sometimes people add yeast to start fermentation, but sometimes there's naturally occurring yeast that's in the environment, so it'll actually kick off itself. So, yes, but, uh, but how are you harvesting it from my animals? Animals. Yeah, so this is it's a very, it's how everyone used to make cheese in you know, hundreds of years ago. They didn't have a packet of cheese yeah. making culture, so the the cultures themselves don't actually come from the milk. They come from the pastures, the hair of the animal, the bedding of the straw. Wow! And um, and then the way you capture them is sort of like sourdough, like capturing a sourdough culture for bread. You take your milk and you culture it. And that means you incubate it at 90 degrees or 100 degrees or 130 degrees, and something grows in it. So it makes the, you know, it makes the USDA crazy, right? Because it's <laughs> right. But I'm I'm confused. So, so are you are you heating up the milk near their bedding? No, no. You just go milk your animal. Yeah. 
and you have a jar of milk and you take yeah. that jar of milk and you put it in a incubator and things grow in it and and the things that grow in it come from your environment so it's very hard to make n- oh. native cheese in a commercial environment in a dairy because they're pretty well, dirty so st- you know, just lots of cows in a highly dense area. There's manure everywhere. Yeah. If you have a cow that's running in the green grass, and you know it's very lovely in the pastures, beautiful, and the straw is clean, and the milk is very clean, you have a safer time. But if you have milk that's too clean, then you have it, no flavor. You have no. Well, it won't even make cheese. It right. won't curdle. Oh. So what you're trying to do is create an environment where it is highly rich in bacteria and yeasts and all the things that make. Fermentation happens. But safe bacteria. But safe ones, yeah. Yeah. And so you have to know what you're doing because not everything you culture is safe. And you can then, the nice thing is about today's science is you can send your jar off to the lab and they say, oh, you have no bad bacteria in there and you have good bacteria. And then you keep reculturing that bacteria and then you use that to make your cheese. In the olden days, people, I mean, olden, olden days, they learned to make cheese because there was bacteria in their, you know, wood buckets or whatever. And the ones that worked, worked. And the ones that didn't work, didn't work. But they didn't really know why things were working. No idea. I mean, it was like kind of locked. No, and they hardly know now. Even people studying cheese, it's still very... uh, Because it's alive. If it's alive, there's many different kinds of bacteria. We don't know what they are. And so um, it's a different problem. And so then what the problem becomes is, are my animals healthy? Is my pasture healthy? Is my environment clean? Am I, you know, collecting milk in a way that is going to create something delicious? Yeah. Because the milk itself has to be full of delicious things, you know. Yeah. And, so yeah. I'm sorry. What? So what are they eating? What are you feeding the goats? We have. We're doing our very best to have a mixed environment where they have a pasture, some grazing, and they don't like to graze as much as they do like to forage, and they like to eat twigs and branches. And then we also have huh. hay, hay and grains. I mean, they're not in an environment where um, there's enough healthy land because it's uh, it's a sort of semi-rural area, and it's mm-hmm. been pretty well grazed. You know, it's Sebastopol areas, but a dairy dairy farms. So you're we're having to re you know, reinvigorate our soil. Mm. So right now it's a combination of, of uh, hay that we buy, grain mix that we have, lots of pasture. We seed the pasture and fertilize the pasture, and we're putting in all different kinds of things, so it's, it's mm-hmm. more and more complex. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then you, so I say you, you think, I'd like to make some cheese, and now you're learning about weeds. And yeah. <laughs> like and, what, yeah, what crop, crop pasture rotations. To put, that's right. Yeah. And you say to someone, uh-huh. well, what do goats like to eat? Well, goats like to eat whatever you don't want them to eat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because I would think if there's green grass that they would just go graze and eat green grass. But you're saying if there's, there's like grazers. twigs, they'll browsers, go, they'd prefer yeah. that. So sheep, oh, sheep are happy to eat grass. Yeah. Cows are happy to eat grass. Goats are less excited about grass. And so they like it when it's taller and drier and they like to eat the tops where there's seeds. Huh. But they don't like to stick there. Every time someone comes and says, can I buy a couple of goats to mow my lawn? And no, you can get a couple of sheep to mow your yeah. lawn. And you can yeah, get the, a cow to mow your lawn. The woolly mowers. Yeah, the woolly mowers. But the goats, not so much. They, Like I said, they're, whatever they want to eat is what you don't want them to eat. So now, do you think that's why goat's milk and goat's cheese has such a different flavor to it? Um, because they're eating... No. Well, that's a, that's a highly argumentative subject as well. Some people think it's because... Um, uh, they're they're 
like near a buck. If, if you're talking about the gamey taste of goat milk. Yeah, kind of a pungency. I have right? a hard time getting that out of my milk. So... Well, why would you want to, though? Well, because some people like a goaty cheese, but the odor seems to come not from either as much what they're eating, unless it's a very extreme diet. Like if they're in the rocks of the Mediterranean in Greece and they're all they're eating is oregano, oh, yeah. or probably, moss. yeah, probably you're going to get Is that a thing? Do they have moss? goats that just eat oregano? That they would be awesome. Say, I know they say. <laughs> uh, but uh, and what it turns out to be is goat milk is pretty fragile. And so the thing that destroys milk is moving it from one place to another. So in a commercial environment, they collect the milk, it goes into a holding tank. It's chilled. The holding tank gets put into a truck. The truck gets driven someplace. It gets put into another holding tank. Then it goes from there into vats. And then, so it's in, at my farm, it comes out of an animal. It goes into a, a vat. It's made into cheese. And it's poured only once from one place to another. And so it's not agitated. And right. with goat milk, it seems that the agitation, because it's so fragile and the, the fat globules are so small that it just get aerates it's basically spoiling right it's like you agitate food and it starts to spoil and so you get those off flavors which some people love and some people don't like it's like smelly it's like it's like uh, truffles right some people right. say oh gross they smell like dirty socks and some people go oh my god i love truffles <laughs> but it's that that flavor seems to be a function of handling like being more yeah. goaty That's, did you yes. know that well it's funny as you're saying this I I like goat cheese. I no. don't love goat cheese. Like if I have a preference, I would eat sheep's milk no. and then cow and then goat. That's no. my order. No. Your cheese is not goaty. No, I can't even get those flavors because no. the it, milk it's, is it's so more sheep-like little to me. handled. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's fairly dense milk, so it has a yeah. lot of fat in it. And when you're milking, are you doing this by hand? We started by hand, and you get arthritis really fast and carpal tunnel really fast. So, so we do use a pulsator, and that goes right. into one container, and then that container goes into a our pulsator. Our bats. Yeah, it's very sounds like <laughs> you have to get a pulsator at a sex store. Well, right. our, the goats probably love it. They, they, they do. I think they get a little endorphin rush, right? Yeah. From and all do that. they just and sit then, there? They know that. Ba- and is it okay? I got a ton of questions. So they get. So. They get. They get grain every time they go, and so they learn. They don't like it. So the they're sitting there eating while they're being milked. And then the cows, you know, my favorite cheese, I don't know what we had when you came to visit us. But my, I can't remember. My favorite cheeses are a blend. I like oh, to blend oh, the goat. No, I like a blend, yeah, too. And my, yeah. my Jersey, it's Jersey cows, and it's very fatty. So if I don't, I either can skim it or I can add some goat milk just to make the fat content for an, a cheese that will age. Too much fat in a cheese mm. makes it not easy to age is too active huh and though for so. those people that don't know what jersey cows are i guess all of us here in sonoma county yeah, are very it's familiar the big brown the eyes, big browns with yeah, the, the puppy dog eyes yeah. right and they're very lovely and they're yeah. they're kind of quirky and you know they're lovely cows and now are goats like cows in that they have to be milked every day Yes, so they're producing a certain milk milk amount of milk at a certain rate i've tried to get animals that are unlike commercial commercial animals you get me started on all of this. <laughs> Don't forget to talk about the other stuff we're doing. But right. uh, commercial animals, it's very, they've been turned into animals that produce enormous amounts of milk. And I have picked animals that produce less, higher concentrated milk. Just because as a cheesemaker, I'm throwing away all the water. I mean, I'm, I've got whey coming out right. and I can use it to make some bread and I can mm-hmm. brine some pork. 
but um, mm-hmm. I want animals that have a higher higher solids and less volume, but they still need to get milked once a day for the cycle of their uh, you know lactation. And then at the end of the year, you dry them off, they're pregnant, they have a baby again the next year, and then they have another six month, six to seven month na- natural lactation. So how many babies do we have right now? We're about to kid in March, so I only only have eight uh, does. But Aww. with goats, uh, this year, you know, you get one to three babies, so you can all of a sudden have you know eight, three to twenty five, <laughs> yeah, babies running around. Uh, yeah, so well, which creates acres. other problems we, yeah. we could talk about maybe right. another time. You also uh-huh. have animals you have to do something with, but um, and then the and then the um, they have a five month pregnancy, and then the the cows have you know a nine month. Wow. Yeah. And was, so. so what do you do with all the little goats? Do, okay, you don't want to talk about this. I'm like, <laughs> no, my no, daughter's in 4-H. No, 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 well, we, we, we eat a lot of our, our I mean, it's a yeah. farm, it's a culinary farm, mm-hmm. and our efforts have been focused on culinary things. So we use everything, mm-hmm. and we raise some for meat, and we, we adopt out some. Uh, there's a wonderful place in Sebastopol, Goatlandia, that, that takes the extra babies. <laughs> Goatlandia. And they will raise them and adopt them out. But, you know, you end up with a lot of animals, and it's a rude awakening. It's one of the other rude awakenings. You know, yeah. what I yeah. was, if I breed, which I was when I'm, when I'm producing cheese, I'll breed 20 animals. So three times 20 is all of a sudden 60 animals, and then you have 90 animals, and then you, you know, it's just... It's, How do you go on you vacation? Kind of go, oh, my God. Well, you get, you get, get a a good helpers. <laughs> yeah, you get good helpers. Hire. When I haven't, been on, I haven't been on vacation for 15 years, and a couple <laughs> years ago I got some good helpers, and now I can go on wow. vacation. <laughs> but so, like, the first time you made cheese that you thought was successful, that you were excited about eating it, how much cheese did you actually make that time? Well, our wheels are about seven pounds. So, like, one seven wheel. To, yeah, one... And it's, you know, we make, we've done a lot of education. We've been to France. We've been to Vermont. My husband and I have spent a lot of time trying to learn something that's sort of hard to learn in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've tried all different sized cheeses, but there's, you know, you end up making the one that works with your milk. And for that, for us, that's like a seven to 10 pound wheel of uh, of a, you know, semi-hard cheese. And then we do some lactic cheeses and. And again, the year that we were um, got ourselves and had too much cheese and had to give some away for a short period of time, she got we in were, trouble. I got in trouble. She's yeah. getting a tattoo. What yeah. were you getting a tattoo Jeez. on your knuckles? Yeah, felon. Yeah. So, so to your <laughs> point, you can feed your own homemade cheese. Well, if it's raw milk, which is ours, was raw milk, you can share raw milk cheese with a friend at home. But I can't give it to anyone to take away from my home. Uh, who enforces that? Well, the, yeah, it's it's a felony. That's wow. why I cheese everyone. I've got them to put cheese felon tattoo on my knuckles. So we're working on, which is the new stuff that you were talking about, Sandra. The, we're working on getting a licensed dairy and a commercial kitchen going on the property so we can, I mean, our goal is was to make a culinary kind of workshop on the property. And we have, to that end, we have our goats and our cows, but we also have geese 
and ducks and sheep and pigs and fruit and vegetables mm. and, and eggs. So we have a just about everything one would need to have a very lovely culinary like a homestead, a yeah. culinary homestead. And yeah. do, do geese and ducks? They just I didn't know that you could actually own them. I thought they just kind of showed up <laughs> sometimes. No. Well, we we have some yeah ducks for eggs, and we have some geese and sort of ostensibly to weed our our orchard, but they're mostly. Oh entertainment they're hilarious really and they have eggs the size of probably an oblong baseball that are the most delicious things you've ever eaten in your life they're amazing i think this is i mean this is a cool story because here you are you found this passion well you re-energized a passion that you had a long time ago then you came back but now you are creating an actual site Yes. With a commercial kitchen. Yes. And tell us. Yeah. The, you know, we, we started making the cheese. It's really fun, but you find out very quickly you have to offload all this stuff. And if you're a, a, a chef at home and you love cooking, all of a sudden you have all this food, you have to give it. You know, so we had in a year, you know, 800 pounds of meat and, you know, 30 dozen <laughs> eggs and, yeah, hundreds of pounds of fruit hitting the ground. And so you can say, well, you know, you can lug some of that down to the farmer's market, but so, so we got interested and it has to go someplace. You find out pretty quickly. So we do have some farmers that do the vegetables, Libby and Allie, Beach Generation Farm. You met them, I think. But, um, so we said, what can we do with this? And, uh, our notion was to have, I'm more interested in education than I am, um, commercial production. So you could see people coming to visit yes. the so, property. Yeah, and do w- workshops there. So we are building a kitchen, a commercial kitchen that's uh, more of a school workshop than a commercial kitchen. So the, the goal of that would be that people come and um, work with the products on the farm. We have a baker who's coming, Sarah Owens. She's on the property now. She's got a lovely book, um, Sourdough, and a new one called Heirloom. So she's interested in fermentation and baking. And um, and then we have, I have the um, San Francisco Cooking School where I went several years ago, brings classes up three or four times a year. And they spend a morning touring the farm. They milk a cow. They go in the garden and pick some some produce. And then we make lunch, lunch fabulous. for, you know, 10 or 15 students. But And we have done it now like maybe 12 times, I guess where we only have to buy like maybe a stick of butter, you know? So we've been able to produce the meat, the vegetables, the fruit, the desserts, uh, with everything with just from the farms with a tiny bit of, you know, have you tried to make butter yet? I have. And butter is harder than cheese. It's not hard. It's just um, boring. No, it's just very illegal. Oh, (laughs) So you don't want to, I mean, if you want to, if you don't want to pasteurize a product selling a raw, uh, something like raw, yeah, it's just, it's just a fundamentally illegal thing to do. So Mm. I make it for myself, but I don't share it with people, Mm -hmm. but it's very delicious. Mm. So anyway, so that would be the goal that people can come and experience these things. And I, I, I went through this process and realized how ignorant I was of, of a, how hard it is to make delicious food and B, how delicious it is when you eat it, because it's just it's hard almost impossible to get the kind of food that we're making on that property off the property and still have it taste as, as it does there. Your refrigeration takes, you know, flavors out of food and time takes flavor out of food. And just like the transport of milk destroys milk, 
mm-hmm. these products once they, once she's been wrapped in cellophane for a month. It just doesn't taste like it does yeah. on the farm, and it's shockingly different to mm-hmm. me. I've always pursued delicious food and loved going to wonderful restaurants and then i think there you might have a comment but there's sort of an arc that i i've seen chefs go through which is they they're excited about food they learn to cook their food gets very complicated and beautifully prepared and then after about 10 20 years they go god you know a really good piece of produce or a good piece of a a product that's delicious you don't have to do so much to it. Exactly. Know? But I, I sort of believed that in concept. And then I started, we started creating some of the food that we have there and the immediacy of the production and then eating it is this is sort of mind blowing. And we don't, we're very realistic about the fact that this is not practical. It's very expensive. We have, we well, have, we're kind of crack up about honey. I, I made us another million dollar tomato this week. It's like, <laughs> it's very expensive and labor intensive. But my hope is that people say this is such a delicious and different experience that they value that. And they don't go sit, try to get food for cheap right. at the farmer's market. Like right. They don't put pressure on Food for cheap know. at the farmer's market. It doesn't happen. It this, doesn't happen, but you know. State. When do you hear even, that? Like, even <clears throat> at the prices where you go, that's expensive, it costs Twice as much exactly. as what they charge. Which it is was easily yeah. that with the farm. It didn't save us money having on the farm. No. Yeah. Well, so that's why commercial farming is commercial farming. And there's a right. reason. It's because... But the small farmers to... are still underpricing their food. Right. And, and they do that because no one has a clue as to how much it actually takes. The amount of time yeah. it takes to fertilize pasture and make compost and raise those animals by the time you know i i eat a pound of my hamburger it's probably a 30 dollar pound of hamburger yeah. not a yeah not a 16 dollar pound which would still right. be shocking to people it's for sure not a two dollar pound hamburger right. ever right so i think our notion of what food costs to make delicious is very out of whack in the United States. But, but it, it's also out of whack because the majority of our society couldn't, afford can't it. pay for it now that's, and, no, and they would not be able no. to afford it later. And I mean, you're in a, you know, you worked your butt off for years in a career that you are able to yeah. create this environment. I mean, it's an environment that yeah. the 1% not even could have. Well, that's you why know, I think we're not. We're very commitment. realistic about it because we know it's not yeah. what anyone else could replicate, and right. not not anyone else. People could, but in a, right. in a different time and place. But you know, we're 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 doing a lot of our own shoveling, so we we don't have throngs of helpers. But no, it's but not you even that. Say, I hope it raises the. What it's, I'd like it to do is raise the question: Is there an alternative to this very expensive verified? You know, tomato and right. this giant commercial farm. Like, can you squish right. those two things closer, closer together? Right. Yeah. And is there a way to say, you know, if milk is treated differently, could more people have access to it? If right. We change the way we think about either giant amounts of cheap food yeah. or small amounts of very expensive food. Like, is there something in, in between yeah. that that we could figure out and try well, to solve think, a different kind yeah, of problem? Yeah, and, and even, you know, from... You know, most people know the extreme of, you know, the big farm or Safeway shopping or, you know, things like that. And then they're going to come to your place and it's going to be a very 
I don't want to say high end because it's not going to look it's high not. end. It's, we're all, it's yeah, like we're all real covered with manure and, most of the time, but quality but, oriented. Yeah. yeah, but it it'll be it's very utopian in my view. Like I see it as like a utopian from seventy five years ago. You know, mm-hmm. like where you really want to bring that back, yeah. but how you can teach people to have some of those things yeah. that they're able to do for themselves without yeah. an acre of land or without yeah. like, how can they, or where can they find it? Yeah. And I think that, yeah, and, and just and, that it's valuable and it's valuable. You know, and it's and valuable the kids experience. need to know that yeah. more than anybody yeah. is. I just think kids, you know, your daughter's age where, you know, it's the last thing they want to think about unless yeah. they're farmers, children's, you know, yeah. but like, and those kids seem to be you know, like running for the hills. It's usually yeah. the people who come back a second generation, right? Who don't have to do it that want to you know, do it. Yeah, yeah. And it's exhausting, hard work. You know, it's not what everyone wants to do, right? You know, but and, you feel good at the end of the day, don't you? Yeah, you know, I'm hitting 65, and it's <laughs> yeah, I hit 65, and it's getting harder to do it. And mm-hmm. and part of that again is because we live someplace where all of it's very expensive to do. You know, mm-hmm. our our you know. We pay the few laborers we have really well, and we all have 12-hour days, and you know we're all shoveling manure all the time. And mm-hmm. I'm happy when I get a shower. It's not, you know, not, <laughs> they're not doing this with lots of extra resources, but um, you know, it's a, whether I do it for the rest of my life or not, I feel really blessed to have had right the experience. Right now, yeah. exactly. I'm, to have the experience. I'm jealous, and I learned a lot about these things that I had no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those. Everyone, would you do it if you knew now? What you, you know, would you do it yeah. then if what you knew? Yeah, and yeah, probably I would have be a little bit more cautious yeah. about my ideas. But <laughs> three Can, in the morning, <laughs> you got all kinds of baby goats screaming. You're going, what? My husband will bring me a gin and tonic and a bowl of popcorn while uh. we're sitting and waiting for our kids, right? Because you're usually <laughs> sitting there two in the morning, going, any time now, little doe, would you get it over with? You know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can you talk about um, the? your membership program, like what the thoughts are being yeah, a, because so, I think that's fascinating. Yeah, so what we wanted to do, rather than, like I say, we're less interested in, uh, or more interested in education and um, including people who care about the same things we care about, so rather than have a store or a you know an outlet, we'd like to have a club, sort of like a wine club, mm-hmm. so that people feel like they're part of something and when I uh, that they have access to not just the the piece of food in the you know package but the location and um, they're part of a membership so kind of like a CSA I mean it's not Mm. not wildly different Mm -hmm. than that but um, and as part of that membership they would have access to classes and you know, so it probably it's not going to be like a completely open to the public kind of thing, just because mm-hmm. that's a lot to, for us to manage. It's just us doing right. it. Um, we do have this lovely woman, Sarah Owens, who's going to come and bake there. She's going to start she's her bake, and she's going to have sell bread. She will have, and she did it in New York, as I understood her background as a membership oh, kind of interesting. bakery. Mm-hmm. And um, but she had, I think, some anyway. So there'll be she'll be making a product to sell, mm-hmm. and then she'll be teaching classes there. And then um, Serena Stern, who who I mentioned used to work at Cyrus and then at CME, I've hired her to be at the to run the kitchen, which will be again an educational and kind of lighthearted production kitchen. And um, 
people can participate in that. And then if my husband and I are making cheese, you know, it should be like, you know, Santa's workshop, only a culinary version mm-hmm. of Santa's workshop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm showing um, Brian, Sarah Owen's Instagram yeah. feed, um, the baker. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she does. And she's into, um, you know, sourdough fermented breads. and. I've seen her before and I've seen that that yeah, book you have yeah. yeah yeah so you should have her come yeah She's we lovely. need to have her come so how so so i mean you're talking about we've hired this person and did, what is going on now that people can actually get involved with not a lot we're we're in the midst with the county right so we had to get use permits and zoning permits and building permits and and all the things that we're doing require attention and in that way and permits and um so um we're in the process of probably launching construction midsummer. Or early oh, summer. that's or, exciting! Yeah, Actually, that's not crossed. that far away. No, it's gone. The county's been very helpful, and mm-hmm. you know, it's they've been as helpful as they can be. We just have all the paperwork that has to be filed, mm-hmm. and you know, all that stuff has to happen. Are you still so. making cheese? We are just for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you also want to get a jump on it too, right? Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, but I, yeah. I can't make if I make cheese now, it won't wouldn't be umbrella. Yeah, right. so got it. We have to have right. a licensed creamery and a licensed right. aging room, and a licensed milk collection area, mm-hmm. and so all that stuff's getting uh, designed and built. I know where I've seen that cookbook. I've seen oh. it at Miracle Plum. Yes, she's been. Yeah. Sarah's been oh, yeah, teaching there a couple right. times. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she has workshops there. Yeah. yeah, I was just there picking up flowers and this week. Uh, no, for Valentine's Day. So mm-hmm. they did. They did a really nice, cool thing where they had a local florist that you could pre-order these beautiful bouquets, and then, wow. and then of course, I had to get you know twenty other things. And, right, spend two hundred dollars. And Sally was so nice; she wrapped everything in really Aww, nice boxes and yeah. made it really special. I just, yeah, I love going there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's right. I've, that's where I've seen her picture, and I remember looking at that. That's book. so funny. Yeah. So yeah. the other thing, like, yeah. why did you decide to let Beat Generation come farm your land? Well, I've been looking for farmers for a long time. It's a huge story, and we have again, we had twenty six acres. We have lots of water. We have sandy soil, and I don't have the knowledge to be a farmer, and not the. You know, physical ability. So we've been looking for farmers. We had several people came and went. So I went down to the local farmers market and, and said, "Who's having the most fun down here?" Of course, they're at the <laughs> end having a party, <laughs> right. hugging and kissing each other, the, the rainbow umbrella, the whole scene. And I went and tapped on Libby's shoulder. I said, "Oh, you got to come look at my place. I got a couple acres." And she said, "Oh, yes, that's nice, dear." And anyway, a couple of times <laughs> I hadn't tested her often enough. She came and looked. Oh, Libby. And, yeah. Yeah. And so they came and looked, and they, they've been there now for five. Or or six years and we just I feel like we my husband and I have uh, a surplus of resources and not the time and energy to really develop mm-hmm. them and um, I was more interested in giving people an opportunity to have their own independent business mm-hmm. than I am in having a bunch of employees that scurry around and do what I ask them to do I don't right yeah so I wanted yeah. to help them start a business and so they came and farmed, and then we. Um, I mean, it's so lovely. We helped them because I'm a culinary person. I'm hit, watching all this fruit hit the ground and all their vegetables hit the ground, going, "This is not right." Yeah. So I made some experiments, and we used their vegetables to make 
some flavored dry pasta and the past two or three years they've turned that into a big yeah independent business so yep. they're taking that and run with that and that's wonderful so exciting so and that was how kitchen table advisors got involved with them so i've been trying to do that wherever i can do it you know mm-hmm. and uh, sarah was looking for a new place to position herself and how did you find her? I wanted to learn how to make sourdough bread, and I liked her book, and I called her up and said, come out and spend a week with me teaching me how to make sourdough bread. And so she did, and we had a great time doing that. And then things changed in her life a couple of years, or last year, and I said, oh, wait, well, why don't you come out here and open your school out here? And so i just uh, been trying to collect is, people yeah. Who, yeah, who can enjoy that environment and use yeah. it. I think the lim- biggest limitation in California is, you know, for, for artisans is having a place to do their work. It's, yeah, the land's too expensive and, and buildings yeah. are too expensive and rent's too expensive. Housing is Housing's too expensive. Housing's expensive. And so, you know, we have this property and it has, there's no reason to sit on 27 acres by yourself and twiddle your thumbs. So right. we just, when we've been able to find right. the right fit with the resource that we have that someone could make a life out of it for themselves, we've tried mm-hmm. to do it. Awesome. So, so it's going to be called West County, County Wild, Wild. Um, the cheese operation. And then the kitchen, we, we went to Sicily to um, uh, Fabrizia Lanza's school. And she has a week-long or 10-week-long program there called Cook the Farm. So we got very inspired by that. And so we're looking at calling the school Cook the Farm Workshop because it would be based on mm-hmm. just what materials so if you have we have goose eggs then we're going to figure out something to make with goose eggs you know we're not going to go we're not going to go buy pineapple and make a pineapple upside down cake so we have what we have and if we have you know goat necks we'll make goat neck ragu and if we have you know that point of it was to use what you have Mm -hmm. and um so but who who is going to now show up to do that is it going to be culinary professionals is it just normal people that live in sonoma county yeah i think it's probably i'm imagining it's going to be local people i when we we had our little foray into our uh, illegal cheese experience um we had we could not keep up with the people who were interested and the way that i did that was i called it which i'll probably do again with something Mm -hmm. when it's illegal please call me yeah we did something called a share forward program i knew i could not sell the cheese Mm -hmm. I didn't know I couldn't give it away. That was just an error on my part. And um, so we had people become a member and then they took cheese and I had them donate the value of the cheese to the nonprofit of their choice. And everybody had a lot of fun doing that and they gave more money than, than I would have charged them for the cheese. And, I couldn't keep up with it. And we ended up having cheese, bread, and jam from a friend of mine. And mm. I'm, I've got some goat milk soap now. So it can be a collection of farm products. Mm. For my part of it, I'll try to do the Share Forward program again. I think Sarah's going to need to sell her bread and have you know mm. classes and make a living. But um, we could not keep up with the demand for that. I think we had 40 or 60 people in yeah, one summer. Yeah. Wow. And, and we, we, we raised about 15 thousand dollars that went to any somebody said yeah, oh i just yeah. sent to the songbird to rescue and then someone yeah. else did you know breast cancer and someone yeah. else did whatever they wanted and they had a lot of fun doing it and so that seemed like the best of all possible worlds like my cheese had a home and people were donating money so so <laughs> how do you make money well my husband and i were retired we both had jobs and we didn't have children yeah. so um we aren't mega wealthy but we're 
have our retirement taken care of and then and we and then we can put our efforts into doing other things you know so it's yeah. awesome yeah it's what we should and we got for. the 20 the 26 acres you know 20 years ago right so it's a, it was a reasonable amount of money and uh, so yeah, our, Sebastopol has become cool now. <laughs> I know it's become cool. So yeah, so and we do a, still do a lot of work ourselves. You know, I, it won't last forever. I <laughs> no, you do it until you're tired of doing <laughs> yeah. it. I still love yeah. milking. You know, I think mm-hmm. I have a, some two lovely helpers on the property, and a woman, Erin. She she and I share that. You know, she does four days a week, and I do three days a week. And and then when we have the goats and the cows, you know, you. And then, you know, the thing about food, you know, it's about food. Most, most of food production is cleaning. Yeah. Right. You make cheese for five minutes. You do the wizard Clean thing with everything. your hand and then the rest of it's Same washing with wine and wine making. It's all washing, right? Yeah. So it's washing, shoveling, cleaning, you know. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. I, um, anything else you want to share with our listeners, um, about oh, your project? Well, Dad, let them know how to get a hold of you. Yes, I will. I had, I, as part of my having to not do my share forward program anymore, we had to you know, take the website down and those kind of things. So we will, um, we'll make a, bring it alive. But yeah. in the meantime, backyard terroir, terroir I'm in, is Instagram. it underscore? Back, no, it's just, just backyard, straight backyard terroir. terroir. And, uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Sarah Owens has her own website we'll or, and she's the, on Instagram yeah. and we'll, we'll make ourselves yeah. known, but we're yeah. still, so say, we're still getting, yeah. Everything finished. Well, I love coming. it. We'll have you back when it's open, and maybe we'll come do a podcast there. Be that great. would be fun. That would be totally I fun. I am down. <laughs> down? Yes. You'll, you'll come? Yes. Okay. Good, and we'll have a lunch. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and we'll cheese. have some legal cheese. <laughs> some legal cheese. I don't care <laughs> if it's legal or not. I well, I want to be a member. I want to be a member. We'd love to have you yeah, be members. Yeah, we're so. members. Cool. I mean, I'm honorary we're members. Found, yeah, honorary founding members. Founding members. Founding members. Ooh, okay. There you go. Yeah, I <laughs> work in Sonoma, but I live in Roner Park. And oh, my fantastic! Da- my daughter goes to school in Sebastopol. Well, you should come so visit. I'm, come visit. I'm come there by and visit. all the time. I, yeah, I would love that. And she's yeah. in 4-H. And if she's um, excited by baby goats, we'll have lots of baby goats in about three weeks. Loves baby goats, Ooh. but her problem is I can't get her to even clean her rabbit cage. I know this twice is the week. problem. It's <laughs> mostly yeah, it's the cleaning. Cleaning. We all need degrees in cleaning. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so, I'll tell her so that fun. that'll be a part of getting yeah. some good cheese. She has to go do some work. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for no, having me. No, thank you. This was um, really informative and... Well, inspiring. Yeah, um, inspiring I've got to say, someone you that do? you could just sort of retire, go, go travel, yeah. go on cruises and whatnot. But what you're doing is so boring. Is doing that. Admirable. It would be boring. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the world needs cool. more people oh, like you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm always in awe of people because you, you know, you, you watch the news and you yeah. think that it's all like that. And then you meet some people and say, yeah. oh my God, this, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. You're doing plenty. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, if you want to listen to some of our past episodes, you can go to thebikegoeson.com. You can also hit up radiomisfits.com backslash the bike goes on. You have your always your little piece rate, of paper. Thispodcast.com we'd, we'd love to get a rating. The bike goes on. I have to check. Maybe there's a rating. I haven't checked it. I'm going to check one it. rating. Maybe it would be mine. <laughs> <laughs> rated our own thing. You mean your mom hasn't gone on? And no, I don't know. It's a specific. We have other ratings on the other page, like yeah. on Apple, we have ratings. Right. But this but is like this, to make it one, easy right. for people 
to rate. Yeah, obviously it hasn't made it very easy. I'm going to find <laughs> out. Just you wait, buddy. <laughs> right. well, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for listening.